Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk, the podcast that brings you great interviews, insightful discussions and advice around the topic of singing and teaching singing. Now it's over to your host for today's episode. It's Bronwyn Bidwell. Hi, welcome to the show. Today we are chatting to Bast graduate and singing teacher David Volks. 18 months ago, David quit his career in recruitment and started his own vocal coaching business in Queensland, Australia. So what's it like to turn your back on the corporate world and become your own boss? Let's find out. So hi, David. Thanks so much for joining us on Singing Teachers Talk. How are you and how is sunny Queensland? Good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Although we're in the middle of a bit of rain at the moment. It's been quite a mixed summer, so it's been quite wet. We're in a a La Nina, I think it's called, a pattern. So it's been quite wet, but I can't complain. It's 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 still pretty warm. You live in a place called Mermaid Waters, which I think sounds completely idyllic. So for us here in Great Britain, we've just had a weekend of weather and wind and rain. Just tell us what, uh, what that's like. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is beautiful. So um, Mermaid Waters in the, on the Gold Coast, um, which is in Queensland, close to Brisbane. Um, I moved up here about two years ago. I was in Sydney for 14 years. Um, but it's it's very nice lifestyle up here. It's, it's, it's a, a city, but much smaller than the capital cities in Australia. So it's, it's pretty easy going, very kind of beach lifestyle but uh, I'd, so I, I've got a, I'm very lucky to have a pool so I do spend a lot of time dipping in and out of the pool and yeah it's it's it is pretty idyllic I can't complain and so before we get into talking about your business it would be intriguing just to hear about your journey into singing and your career before you actually started your singing teaching business yeah sure so it was uh, I think like many singing teachers in some ways stop start um actually started in musical theater i trained at arts educational in london uh, this is many years ago going back 27 years something like that uh, I, I trained there and then i went on to work in musicals in the west end a few tours and things as well so i did that up to about the age of 30 um I had a great time but it was just time to kind of leave that behind at that time moved into the corporate world and that then brought me over to australia and i worked in i ran a recruitment company in sydney for a long time um but then moved up to the gold coast and which was a bit of a call it a bit of a sea change and i wanted a bit of a change in lifestyle and i wanted to get back to something that I was passionate about and uh, so found myself um, actually bumped into somebody else who I, I was doing a musical here um, just community theatre musical and I met a singing teacher there and I got chatting and it just kind of started a bit of an inspiration for me that like thinking oh well that's I'd love to do that because you know I had you, you always remember your singing teachers from when you were younger and the, the kind of impact they had on my life. And I thought that's exactly what I want to do. I want to inspire other people and do something that I love. And um, and th- that's how I then found my way to BAST, um, really. So, yeah. And how did you find studying with BAST? What were the big takeaways for you? It was 
So it was intense. I did the five-day course. Um, so it was, you know, it's usually spread over like 10 weeks, I think, or something. So we did it over five nights. So it was full on, you know, it was, it was tons of information. But I just found it was just everything that I needed. It, you know, I was, because I'd been looking at other courses and uh, I felt like I, I really needed a lot of knowledge coming in singing teaching. I've had singing lessons for years and kind of understood, knew how to sing, but didn't particularly know how to teach. And also since I trained as a singer, the science, the research, the the knowledge has just, that, that's what really blew me away, just how much it has advanced and how much more we know now than we did 20 odd years ago. Um, and so best for me, the reason for that, it just had the practical elements as well. It wasn't just about the voice and how the voice works. It was actually how to be a teacher, how to teach, how to run a lesson. This was the, th these were the things that I, because I, I can only go back to lessons that I've had, but I don't really know how other people teach. And because when you're a singing teacher, you're on your own, you teach on your own. It's hard to even know if you're on the right track. So it just gave me that kind of, foundation and direction and all the fundamentals to get started. That, that's what I found about it. And did you have any fears in the back of your mind? What was your biggest fear about um, starting out as a teacher? I had a million fears in my mind, you know, as um, there, there was, of course, do I know enough? Like, how, how can I possibly teach. Uh, I was worried about my piano skills. And that, that was another thing that Bast was actually useful for that as well, just letting me know that I had enough because I, I can play the piano, just not brilliantly. Um, and because again, in my day, when I was learning, the singing teachers were also accompanists, really. And that's kind of changed a, a, a bit as well. In fact, some were too, some were just the companies and they weren't really singing teachers, you know, they, they class themselves as singing teachers, but they, they were really just playing your songs. Um, but the, I think the main ones were skills about the piano, but also just knowledge, you know, I was just scared that I didn't know enough. I knew through all my years in recruitment, I knew I could connect with people. I knew I could, um, I, I wasn't scared about having a one-on-one -on -one with somebody and understanding their needs and everything like that. It was really just about, did I have enough knowledge and skills and the structure, uh, did I understand the structure enough, how to move somebody along and how to make somebody better. And you mentioned that growing up, you'd had some quite influential singing teachers. In your mind, what sort of teacher did you want to be? What did you want to, I guess, recreate from, from your own experiences? I think one of the main things for me, and, and this is, I always go back to this almost like a, a, a mission statement, if you like, but um, it, it's to bring the joy to it. Um, and, and you know, in some ways that doesn't suit everybody because some people want that very strict formal teacher and that's that's just not me. I, I, I want it to be fun. I want, I want people to still learn, but I want them to learn through having fun and I want it to be a positive experience. That was very important for me. And just to, you know, I have people that, I, I think it's that thing about 
helping you, I'm trying to think how to articulate this, to make you better than you even think you can be yourself. So it's, it's to find the, the best bits about your voice or you as a performer and to really develop those parts. So just, just to help elevate you, elevate the students as, as well. So then when it came to actually setting up, what were the biggest challenges? Um, I think, well, obviously finding students was a big challenge. Um, what I loved about the idea of becoming a singing teacher as well and, and gained through the courses, it can be pretty low in terms of overheads. You know, you don't have to invest an awful lot at the, at the beginning. Um, but the, I, I think the, the big obstacle, the, the first obstacle was finding students all very well having all this knowledge, but you have to um, have people there to, <laughs> to, to impart that knowledge upon. And so how did you go about doing that? How did that work out for you? I, um, well, I, I've got a few kind of technical skills, definitely wouldn't describe myself as a, a tech expert, but found it pretty easy to set up my website. I've done that before for different businesses and things like that. So I was able to set that up quite easily on my own. And my website's pretty straightforward. I, I, I don't, because I also think, I, you know, it, it really is, the, the website, yes, it might get somebody through the door, but it's it's not, it doesn't need to be bells and whistles, I don't think. I think it can be pretty simple, get the message across. People are time poor these days, so keep, keep it simple. Um, so the so I built the website f f fairly quickly, but the main thing for me and the, the thing that's still working to this day was I took out, um, I set up Google Ads um, and that was, I, I think I had my first student within a day of putting the ad up, actually. And I still get a steady stream from that. I probably get about, because I, I, I do a free trial for my first lesson, just a free half hour first trial. And I probably get, on average, about one or two every, every single week from, wow, from, okay. that, from that ad. Yeah. Yeah. And then how do the free trials go? What's your kind of success rate if someone has a trial with you? Do they, what sort of percentage continue on? It's been really high, actually. And that's, that's I've been really pleased about that because um, that was something I was a bit nervous about at the beginning, offering the free trial. But I did want people to see what they're getting and just to make sure it's a right fit and it works for me as well you know sometimes i've had students i'm like no this is not right for me it's uh, very rarely but it has it has happened um but the i would say in terms of percentage it's probably about 85 to 90 percent um come back or book in regularly so you're sort of established now. What does the business look like to you? Do you do mainly face-to-face, -face, online? And, and who do you teach? What's the demographic of your students? Yeah, so mainly face-to-face. -face, I would say 95% face-to-face. I've been very lucky to be able to do that here. Um, I, I do a, a few, a couple, two or three over Zoom. It's not, it's not my favourite thing to do. So I do try, I, I don't push that side, but I do understand that, especially in the UK, I know it's been essential for singing teachers to be able to work over Zoom. So 
it, it is possible for me, but it's I, I just feel like they shouldn't can get so much more from me from face to face. But maybe there's more I can learn. You know, it's like I'm all, always looking to learn. Um, I te- I teach such a range. It started off mainly adults. Um, and it was funny because I was like, oh, yeah, I really, I really want to work with adults. But what's interesting, it's, it's kind of flipped over time. So I, I would say now I'm probably 60% kids and 40% adults. But I'm really enjoying teaching the kids now. There's, I, I get different things from the, the different demographics. You know, the kids... Um, the the joy that they get, but also I I just feel you're in some ways more able to kind of mold the kids, and you know I love seeing them going into competitions and getting in their school musicals and things like that, and I just you just see this kind of spark growing within the the kids um, that that sees them where they and you know you're setting them off in some kind of journey that's that's going to impact their life, which is really nice. But the adults, I I, I love. Um, for different reasons, you can just have much more of a conversation about what's happening in terms of the, the science behind it. And you, you can just get a bit more in depth, you know, with the adults, I think you could, you can spend 20 minutes just talking about one exercise, working on one exercise, whereas the kids, you have to be, I feel you have to kind of entertain them a bit more and keep it really fresh to keep, keep them going. And sometimes teachers after a while discover that there's a certain demographic they enjoy and decide to focus on that. Would you ever choose to specialise or is your plan to keep it quite broad? I think I will keep it quite broad, certainly for the time being. The Gold Coast is not huge, you know, it's, um, so I probably have to be a bit careful about going too niche. Um, I there, There's certainly I, – I, I thought it's, it's funny how you – Kind of have an idea about what it's going to be and it, it can turn out really different I, I expected to have lots of musical theater singers because that's my background it's just not happened that way really um, i do have i do have quite a few but I, I expected the majority to be um but i have I have a real range but what's wonderful about that is it's really opened my kind of knowledge of music and my repertoire as well and because i kind of you know i find oh i quite like that song so i've even found me singing some of the songs i've been teaching them and stuff as well so um i i i think the you know there's that old cliche like you learn from the student don't you it's like it's not always about them learning from us and so now that you're sort of established, are there new challenges? Do you find that once you get over one sort of thing, like you set up and you uh, you kind of get this body of students, is there another challenge that you think, okay, that's my next step in the sort of, I don't know, the kind of progress of being a singing teacher? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I've I've found so there's there's cha- challenges in terms of the teaching side and challenges in terms of the business side. I think as well. So, and uh, the teaching side. I've had some people that have been with me from the beginning that still come every week, some twice a week for 18 months, you know, so I'm always looking for ways to increase my knowledge and keep it fresh for them as well. You know, like I can't do the the same stuff that I've been doing for 18 months. Um, So I I want to, so I, I find I'm kind of constantly growing and learning, but I do I do feel that there's definitely room for me to grow more. There's, there's always. I think it's going to be an endless pool of 
of knowledge that you that you need to kind of draw from um but so that so that's a challenge just how to keep it fresh how to and, and how to stay on top of the learning for me as well and then the business side i guess it's where i go next and i've kind of reached almost kind of maximum capacity in terms of i could definitely fit more people in but it's at that point now where it's quite hard to find times and certainly all my after school hours are booked so it's then i can only really teach people during the day and um so it's, it's working out how i increase the business increase the the kind of revenues as well um to, but I've got a few kind of ideas uh, about that, but I'm still working through things in my head about that at the moment, what that next step is. And so have you learned anything in particular um, over the last 18 months? Did you try something that didn't work or in terms of marketing? I think you mentioned that the Google ads was really successful. But what were a couple of the things that you think, yeah, they really worked and maybe one or two things where it, it just didn't kind of work out? Yeah, I haven't really... I mean, I, I should definitely be doing more marketing. I think probably everybody everybody feels that to a certain degree. The the thing I'm I'm not good at, and I, and I know that I should be better is social media. I just really don't do very much at all uh, in terms of social media, and that's something I would love to do more. But it's it's hard for me, and it's not. It's just. I don't know. I, I I just find it hard to keep that momentum going with social media. Um, one other thing that I have done, I put together a podcast, um, only a few episodes. I think I've got seven episodes in there. And that really came from, because a lot of students were saying to me, what can I be doing? What should I be doing? You know, so I wanted to, I didn't want to put a podcast together of, um, you know, how to sing, because I think there's a lot of stuff out there and, and there's a lot of people with a lot more knowledge than me um, that, that have that have these kind of podcasts. So I wanted it to be more singing exercises like vocal warm ups. So really short kind of warm ups. They're five to ten minutes. Um, and it was really for the students to I was saying, just do these like three four times a week and you'll be sweet you know this is this is enough do it in your car like coming coming to your lessons go you know during the week when you're out and about so but that's been quite fascinating actually setting that up because it was pretty easy to set up and i will do more episodes but that's had something like i just had a look yesterday it's something like seventeen thousand people have listened to that and I get inquiries from, I, I had one recently actually, somebody in the US who loves the podcast, which, which for me is like, really? <laughs> like, and then they wanted to set up a, a lesson. It's quite tricky timing wise, you know, because the podcast is kind of, I think about 50% of the listeners are in the US. Um, so that's that's been quite interesting, um, but I haven't done Facebook ads or anything like that. And the reason I've kind of steered away from them, I've tried them in the past uh, for different businesses. And I just feel with Facebook ads, unless you really know what you're doing, you can waste a lot of money and you can spend a lot of money very quickly um, and just not get the return. So I just wanted to be careful about that. And also because I'm at that stage that I'm not struggling to fit people in because I've, I've definitely got capacity, but it's just 
difficult to find those right times. Um, I've just got to be careful about not spending too much on advertising. It's a, it's a constant kind of ebb and flow, really, because you want to make sure that the students are still coming in, but you also want to make sure that you've got space for them as well. So then what advice would you give people who are either thinking about um, starting their own singing teaching business or perhaps they're just on that first rung they've just set up and they're trying to make it um make a go of it and to establish themselves Mm -hmm. i think um well if we're talking about if people have done best then fine if you haven't like and and i genuinely would i really genuinely would recommend best It, it, it was for me i just don't think i could have done it without I, I just I, I I would maybe have got there but it would have taken me an awful long time to get to where I was within the first three months I think it would have taken months and months and months and and I also think I would have always had that self-doubt am I doing this right I, I think that's kind of one of the things that best gave me it gave me the confidence to know that I am on the right track and I am doing things right. Um, so that that would absolutely be a recommendation for me. In terms of setting up um, a business, I think all those things like get clear about what you want to do, um, prepare, for, prepare for the ebbs and flows as well. Um, I think I've been pretty consistent with students, but it, it does get to a stage, you know, over Christmas and we have our summer holidays o- over Christmas in January, you know. Um, so it, it got really quiet there because of COVID, because Christmas, because schools are on holidays and things like that as well. So it was very quiet. So you've got to be prepared for that as well. Don't just think because, so I, I tend to have about 30 students a week, but don't just think because you have 30 students a week that you will have 30 students for say 50 weeks of the year is it's not going to be like that there will be ups and downs so um so i'd say kind of prepare for that um but just just get clear about i think who you who you want to be as a teacher um what your mission statement is i suppose um and be prepared to be flexible so many, I, I feel there's there's such a human element to teaching as well. You, you really have to try and understand people and, and get behind the, just get under the skin. I, I, I've found so many students have come and, and I've really enjoyed this. And it's funny how sometimes you just kind of attract what you need as well or what, what or the people that need you, I think as well. Um, so many students with like anxiety disorders or, you know, that have really struggled with confidence. I, I love working with people like that because again, I feel like you can really, if you can just take the time to understand what they're feeling and what they're going through and you can you can really make a difference to that person's life, you know, through singing. It's, it's the singing that's doing it. It's not that I've got any magic powers or anything, but you're unlocking this joy within them that's been denied to them for whatever reason. Maybe they were told they couldn't sing when they were younger. Maybe they had a partner that just told them all these negative things, you know? 
got got one woman that comes and she cries every every time she sings. She she Aww. cries. She, she's she's so lovely and she laugh, she laughs about it. It's um, the the first lesson um, we were doing scales and you know it was because and she cried because all of a sudden she found this voice that had never been there you know and and it was almost like a kind of joy thing but um but she says she's just a very emotional person but every week she cried if we if we, if we don't have a if we have a week where she hasn't cried i'm like what's wrong what's happened um do you hold so, it together but, if you see her getting a bit teary do you think oh keep it together or or are you sort of able to keep a stiff upper lip <laughs> I, I'm fine. I was really concerned at first because I was like, what have I done? What have I done? You know, I've upset her. But it was, um, but she explained to me, it's just kind of, so in that situation, it, it's, you know, it, it's not really an anxiety thing with her. It's more almost like a release because um, I, I feel with her, the tears come just when she sings, you know, so, so it's kind of like a release, which is quite, quite nice. Um, but I've had a few moments where, you know, the, the students, some of the younger ones and stuff have got upset and stuff, and it is, it's upset and it's heartbreaking. But I can usually hold it together. There's something horrible about people that grow up having been told as a kid that they can't sing. I think there's something really brutal about a teacher or a, or a parent or someone telling a kid that yeah. they just can't sing. Yeah, and it's it's one of the first things. One of the first things I ask when. Um, if somebody comes in, if they are slightly anxious, or if they're, if they tell me they're anxious about singing or something, I, 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 I usually ask them, what, "Did somebody tell you at some point that you couldn't sing?" It's like, yeah, and they, and they will, rem they will remember the exact conversation. They'll, they'll remember exactly when it happened, who said it to them, and and it's devastating actually because you know you think these are uh, and and. I would say everybody I, I work with can sing, and often it's the ones that, that think that they can that are really actually quite good. And you know, and, you, and I think you've you've been denied that joy for however many years, and and it's 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 re really sad. I, I think maybe times are changing with that. I don't think people get told that as much as they used to, but certainly in my generation yeah people were told you can't do this you can't do that you know all told just to mouth the words and not to sing stand in the choir but just move your mouth <laughs> yes yeah yeah definitely and and what I kind of learned as well it's like no it was just you couldn't sing that material because you're a male and they're trying to get you to sing a female song so no you it was in the wrong range for you so of course you couldn't sing it it, it wasn't right for you um, I've had that before. One guy coming like I can't sing, and it's like, well, and, and it was just that he hadn't developed his lower voice. His, his upper voice was great. I'm like, you can sing, you just haven't learned how to. <laughs> you just haven't learned how to use that part of your instrument, you know. So, growing up in Scotland for you, what what sort of was your sort of music education? Because obviously, you you got into singing. Who encouraged you in the very early days? Oh, I was I was so lucky, and this this is why I, I I'm, I'm so grateful. I was in a children's theatre company from quite a young age, and it was it was really quite high quality for the time. You know, um, used to do a few things. They used to do a panto every year, and that was on TV and stuff. So it was, um, so that was a huge inspiration for me. Just being part of theatre, and you know, being like-minded people, all those kind of things. Um, but then 
So that really helped develop my kind of joy of singing. But then at school, um, I, I went on to study music at what a level um, what hires in Scotland it was called. It wasn't a levels. Um, and voice was my instrument and I had such an inspirational singing teacher at that time and and also the music teachers were excellent as well so you know very lucky to be encouraged I, I saw a thing yesterday actually I saw some meme thing I wish I could remember exactly what it said but it, it said for it was it was along the lines of for a lot of kids uh, the music department it isn't about learning music it's like a safe haven it's a place that you spend your breaks your lunchtime your after school and stuff and and that was me you know that was um that was all I was interested in just when you're there it's like yeah this is these are my people this is my place well, it sounds like you are encouraging the next generation of singers. So, uh, so that's brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, if people want to get in touch, if they want to either listen to your podcast or have a look at your website, where should they go to? Sure. So it's DVSS, so David Volk Singing School, dvss.com.au. And the podcast's on there and everything's on there. And if anybody has any questions about setting up or anything, I'm, I'm more than happy. Just drop me an email. Uh, more than happy to, uh, I, I'm, you know, I always say I'm by no means an expert at all, but v- very willing to, to help and encourage in any way that I can. Well, that's great. Well, I'll let you get back to the lovely mermaid waters <laughs> and we'll speak <laughs> to you soon. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, make sure you sign up to our mailing list. You get our latest blogs fresh off the internet and we'll let you know about any upcoming courses, events and goodies that The Voice World brings our way. All you need to do is tap that link in the episode description and let us know where to send them.